Hi, and welcome to the Fearlessly Kind podcast, all about creating a kinder girl world. My name is Kate Whitfield, and I am the founder and CEO of Fearlessly Girl, speaker, author, and girls empowerment expert. Each week, join me and our incredible Fearlessly Kind facilitators as we share our tips and strategies to raise and educate strong, empowered young women and lead by example as we inspire a generation of girls to be kinder to themselves and each other. Hi, friends, and thank you so much for tuning in to the first ever episode of the Fearlessly Kind podcast. This has been a dream of mine for a really long time, and the stars aligned, and here we are, and I'm so grateful to be having this conversation with you. And I wanted to use this first ever episode to give you a really great idea of what Fearlessly Girl and Fearlessly Kind is all about, a little bit of an idea as well as to who I am, this voice in, you know, your ears right now, and to share the journey of starting this 15 years ago to now, and um, just kind of the evolution of everything. So I'm really excited to dive in. So grateful you're joining me. I appreciate your time so much, and I appreciate, obviously, if you clicked on this, you have an interest in empowering girls and creating a kinder girl world. And that is needed now so much, more than ever, in fact. And so I really appreciate you taking the time to kind of learn along with us and, um, you know, really create a kinder girl world together. So there's no better place to start than at the beginning. So let's go all the way back to ninth grade me, where I had the initial idea of what, you know, has now turned into Fearlessly Girl. And I started it because I needed it. I really did struggle with lack of self-confidence. I was totally terrified to speak up in class, to answer questions, to read in class, to just do anything that involved (laughs) being seen and being heard. And there was a lot of bullying at the school that I was at. And I remember seeing it and just feeling so helpless, like I just didn't know what to do. And I remember going home crying so many days because it was like, I just, I wasn't confident enough to step in and do anything about it. Like I would go and talk to the kids after the fact, but I felt so guilty of not being able to do something in the moment. And I remember (laughs) coming home one day and it was like, a total girl world meltdown. And I share this story in my summits all the time with the girls. So if you've ever attended any of the summits, you'll you'll know the story. But I ended up having this total girl world meltdown in ninth grade. And I cried the whole way home. And I came into the house. Both my parents were sitting there. And I remember like stomping up the stairs, slamming my door, feeling upset that the door didn't slam loud enough. So I opened it and like re-slammed it. (laughs) And there was something so pivotal about this day because, I mean, it's like stuck with me for so long because it was the day that, you know, my dad and I had a conversation and my dad, you know, he has been essentially a lifelong entrepreneur like I have been. And he said, well, why don't you do something about it? And I was like, whoa, dad, (laughs) like way too big a step, you know, out of my comfort zone to like do something about this. Like I just want to, you know, cry and eat ice cream and watch reality TV and like that's it. Um, But that seed that he planted that day really stuck with me. And I thought, well, what if I could do something about this? What would it look like? So for me, I hopped on the internet and 
I tried to find a girls empowerment program that I could bring into my school that could kind of help all the girls with their relational issues. And I couldn't find anything. And at least I couldn't find anything that seemed cool to me that seemed like something I actually wanted to be a part of. And so that was when, you know, the real like kind of entrepreneur in me came to life. And I started thinking like, okay, like, what would it look like if I created something? Like, what would that program look like? And it really just started there and involved, you know, very many baby steps out of my comfort zone to go from somebody who was so deeply shy and scared to speak up in front of anybody to then, you know, now hosting, like, we we just hosted a few years ago the largest anti-bullying assembly in history, and we reached 17,600 girls live. And so that whole journey for me has been transformational in so many ways. And I share with the girls, like I I didn't start this because I had the answers. I didn't start it because I was confident. I didn't start it because I knew what I was doing. I started it because I really was in desperate need of girls supporting each other and creating that environment because it was hard enough as it is to be a girl then, now, always, you know. So I... I just wanted to have that one thing just made better. I wanted to have a community of girls supporting each other, uplifting each other, sharing with each other, um, because I realized as I spoke more openly about this and I kind of shared my ideas and I talked to more girls, I realized we were all going through the same thing. We all had the same struggles. We all had the same insecurities. And there was so much pain and isolation that was caused thinking we were in this alone. And that we were the only ones going through this and feeling like the odd girl out all the time. And it was just so difficult. So that was when I became super, super motivated to really dive into this and make this vision a reality. And this vision that I wanted to bring to life was all about creating a kinder girl world. So that has been at the heart and soul of Fearlessly Girl and Fearlessly Kind since the very beginning. I wanted to empower and inspire girls to be kinder to themselves and each other because for me that was like the foundation that everything else is built on. Like when we love ourselves, when we show up authentically, then typically we are treating other people better and we're happier and we're more successful and school performance improves and girls feel more confident to take on leadership roles and to put themselves out there and try new things. And so throughout the the last 15 years of doing this work, the heart of it really has been kindness. And so I started out in British Columbia, where I'm from, And I started speaking at local high schools. I remember going to my old high school and just being like, can I come and speak to the girls? And I was so petrified. I was so nervous. And I didn't know what to do, what to wear. And I remember because I'd gone to this event that Mark Victor Hansen did. Remember Chicken Soup for the Soul? Mark Victor Hansen did this event in Anaheim, California called Build Your Mega Speaking Empire. (laughs) And it was incredible. I was the youngest one there by like felt like decades, to be honest. And all the people on stage were so phenomenal. And they all had like pantsuits on the men, the women. It was a vibe, I guess. And I thought, well, if I'm going to build a mega speaking empire, I also need 
a pantsuit. Keep in mind, I was 19 years old and I was speaking to eighth graders in my old high school and I got a lilac pantsuit because I'm like, well, that's at least a bit cooler. And I just remember feeling what a terrible mistake that was the second, truly the second I stepped foot into that classroom. And I still remember the looks on their faces. And I just remember, like, it made me feel like I was trying to be somebody else. And I remember making a promise in that moment that I was only going to show up authentically after that, that I was going to wear what made me comfortable. And that whole presentation was like a complete disaster because I, first of all, I was terrified to be doing it. Second of all, I just didn't feel good. I didn't feel good up there. And, um, Anyway, so I'm so thankful to my, you know, then principal <laughs> who gave me the chance to kind of figure this out. And from there, I just spoke to more local schools. And I realized pretty quickly that if I wanted people to take me seriously and book me as somebody who was so young, who had no formal education in this space, I needed something. And so I realized I need to write a book. And I really wanted to write a book, but I didn't know how to write a book. So I just figured like, like other people have done it. I can figure this out. And actually going back to Mark Victor Hansen, he, I got introduced to him at that event. And I remember telling him this idea that I had. And I told him I wanted to empower a million girls. And he's like, you know, in his like typical <laughs> go get him, like pump you up fashion. He's like, make it 101 million girls. So I'm like, I don't even know if there are 101 million girls on the planet. Probably like, okay, let's, let's shoot for that. And I remember walking down this giant hallway with him in this beautiful, um, like conference center. And I was telling him about my book and he's like, when you have written your book, let me know. And I will put you in touch with this publisher called iUniverse who I don't even think they're around anymore. But anyway, I went and I figured it out. I Googled how to write a book <laughs> and I wrote a book and he was true to his word. He connected me with iUniverse and that was that. That was the very first edition of the book, which I mean, obviously there were copies still out there in existence and I would, oh my gosh, love to see one because it is so outdated. Like I talk about MySpace and Friendster <laughs> Um, it's like a real time capsule, you know, of like that time in my life anyway. And then I updated, um, I updated it and I released a few more versions over the years. And anyway, I'm kind of thinking about maybe even updating a new version now that's even more relevant. But all that to say, that really did open up a lot of doors for me because it wasn't just like, here's this 19 year old, 20 year old wanting to do this work. Um, she's written a book, you know, so maybe we will give her a, a shot. And there were a lot of people in the speaking industry, um, like the youth speaking industry, you know, and made some great friends over the years in that space. But I remember like most of them were middle-aged men and some of them actually told me and was kind of in that like condescending patting you on your head, like, oh, that's cute, but there's no money to be made in this business empowering girls. And I was just like, wait a minute, like, and that I'm the kind of person that hearing that just motivates me even more. And I believed in this so much. And I truly believed early on that I should be financially compensated for doing good work. I think there's this misconception when it comes to girls empowerment or doing any kind of good in the world that you shouldn't 
like it's you shouldn't be paid for it and I don't know where we kind of pick that up along the way like I truly love the whole concept of social entrepreneurship of building businesses around causes and things that you care about and making money doing that it was crazy to me to think that this is like a volunteer thing like that I couldn't make a business out of this I couldn't make my life's work doing this and so I became super motivated to figure it out and it was definitely a struggle in the beginning even with the book coming out, just to prove myself and to build my own confidence as well. Because looking back now, I realized that I needed to see myself as that girls empowerment expert before I could be it. And I had to embody that. And I didn't know that at the time. I was really just trying to figure it out as I went. And I didn't really kind of step back and see that big vision, which I, you know, help my facilitators with now during the training process is like, where do you want to go? What do you want to be known for? What do you want to do? What kind of impact do you want to have? And then you can make decisions accordingly and you can really make sense of like, what are the needle moving tasks? Like what's going to help me get there? And I didn't really have that. I just knew I wanted to have a really good program. And so it took about three years of trial and error. And in that period of time, I moved to Toronto, um, which kind of really was more of like a hub of, of schools and conferences and events and things like that. And a lot of other speakers lived there and I got to connect with them and network with them. So that was really helpful. And I took every possible chance and opportunity to speak on any stage I could possibly get my hands on. I would be cold calling, cold pitching. I'd be finding emails online. I'd be emailing people, just whatever. Like, and very often, like, it was costing me money <laughs> to go to these places. I remember there was the Future Business Leaders of America conference in, again, I think that was in Anaheim-ish, Southern California anyway. And I had to fly my ass down there on my own dime. Um, I believe they maybe paid for my hotel. I can't remember. And I basically filled in the blanks. I was like, what do you need? Like, what do you need me to speak on? And one of them was like, something to do with getting into university, like um, getting scholarships for getting into university. And I mean, I'd never, that was never my path. That was never my journey. That wasn't even what I was talking about. But I'm like, yes, I can do it. And I remember diving in, Googling, creating a presentation, getting there, getting up on stage and doing the whole thing. And just because I was really, I really wanted to be good at what I did. And I wanted to overcome my fear of public speaking and kind of perfect my craft. And I really also wanted to build something that set myself apart. Like I didn't want to just go in and do school assemblies. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I wanted to create a, like a signature program. Like I wanted to be known for having the best girls empowerment, kindness, self-esteem leadership program that is out there. And so I started creating this idea of what has become our flagship program, which is the Fearlessly Kind Summit. And I knew I wanted to involve peer leaders in that because I felt like that was such a huge aspect of creating a kinder girl world and a kinder school climate was having peer leaders, having that kind of connection between the older girls and the younger girls. And I knew I didn't want to be talking forever because like, Think about it. When you're in school, you're listening to other people talk all day long. And there's so much magic that can be hap that can happen when girls begin to connect the dots for themselves, when they begin to figure things out for themselves. And I realized pretty quickly that me standing up there for three hours telling them things wasn't nearly as powerful 
is putting them into groups with the peer leaders and having them figure out these things on their own and obviously guiding them through that process. But that became what really set the program apart. And it took a couple years, probably three years of really trial and erroring erroring that program to get it to what it is today and still year after year it's always changing and always evolving because girl world is changing and evolving and girls provide impact or girls provide feedback and schools provide feedback and so this has really kind of been this collective effort of thousands of girls across um, well globally really to create the program that exists today and I love that it's always changing and improving and evolving so anyway once I had that down and I really believed in it and I saw the results it was getting then I really upped the marketing I started doing and I was still in Canada at this point I started doing tours in Ontario and I started doing tours in Alberta and tours in British Columbia like I really started putting these together and kind of making a big splash and so we'd find um like local sponsors, we would group schools together. So if they didn't maybe have the funding for the full summit on their own, they could split it with other schools. And my whole mission was just to impact and empower as many girls as possible. And so for about six, seven years, I was on the road all the time. I had my little Yorkie Allie and she traveled everywhere with me. She'd come to the schools with me. She'd be on stage with me sometimes. It was so fun. And we were, you know, in our twenties. Well, I was in my twenties. She was young. And we just spent all these years traveling all over the country, perfecting this program and impacting girls. And it was just, it has been the most incredible journey of my life. And I got the word grateful tattooed on my wrist and it's the wrist that I, you know, would hold the microphone with. And it was just this constant reminder to just, this was my dream coming true to be so grateful for the opportunity to be up on stage. Well, I shouldn't even say stage. I never use the stage. I always like to be on the same level as the girls, Um, but just to be in front of them and to be able to share these messages with them and connect with them. It just was such a massive privilege and it was something I never took for granted. And getting that tattoo was just a reminder that even when things got tough and even when I was exhausted on a, you know, a 10 school tour that to give it my all because school number 10 didn't care that it was school number 10 to give it the same energy that I gave school number one. And just to be present, just to be present in these moments that we was we always just felt like such a gift for me and in the beginning I didn't really know how to protect myself like I didn't know how to protect my energy and there were times when I would leave speaking at a school or an event and the girls that would stay behind and share their stories like sometimes so traumatic and I would get in the car after and I would just cry and cry and cry because it was just so heavy and I had to learn to protect myself and protect my energy And to show up in a way that like really held the space for girls to have profound breakthroughs and, you know, also keep my energy up at the same time. And so all of these things were just like learned over years and years of doing this. And I eventually, you know, I I think you get moments in your life that you can really look back at and see that they changed everything for you. And I remember getting this email from an agent at IMG being like, I've got a tennis player that I work with. She loves what you do. Um, Let's, you know, let's chat about a partnership. And for some reason, I thought it was like one of those spam emails. And I was talking to my dad one day on the phone and I was like, for some reason, 
I was going back through my emails as I was on the phone to him and I was like, oh, this scam email. And he said, why don't you check the email address, like who it's from? And it was at img.com. So I knew it was like actually an agent from IMG. So I ended up replying and I think that was like a Friday and that next Tuesday I was on a plane to Sarasota, Florida to meet with him and Madison Keys and that partnership it's over now but that partnership those three years that we worked together were really incredible in bringing Fearlessly Girl to an even bigger wider audience and allowed us to impact tens of thousands of girls uh, ended up working with really incredible brands like Dove and Instagram and Nike and Evian and we had a big feature in the Sunday edition of the New York Times and we had a feature in Vogue and Forbes and it just took off in this like really incredible beautiful way and we were able to like I say impact so many more girls and Fearlessly Girl then was on like a much bigger stage and that opened the doors to open to host the world's biggest anti-bullying assembly, which we did. And that was incredible, reaching 17,600 girls. I will never forget that. And we partnered with Dove to host the Fearlessly Girl Rally. And we had a thousand girls from across the Midwest together in this room. And Amy Purdy spoke and Madison and I and Dre Brown was just such an incredible phenomenal experience and again just like such a beautiful impact on so many girls and after that we teamed up with go noodle and we did a 10 school tour in like all over new york all over the different boroughs of new york and working with with girls in schools that really never would have had the opportunity to have this program come in if it wasn't for a company like go noodle sponsoring the events and that was just so impactful and incredible and that was in December of 2019 and so we were on such a high after such an incredible year and then we all know what happened in the spring of 2020 (laughs) COVID hit and that really did change everything I mean truly we went from having the best two or three years in terms of you know in every possible metric that you could measure to then having like it, it just ground to a halt and it was a really difficult time for me because I didn't realize that just how much of my identity was wrapped up in fearlessly girl, fearlessly kind, like this is what I did, this is who I was. I did not know who I was without it. And so looking back now, I'm like actually very thankful that I had the opportunity to figure that out because when it went crashing down to zero, to nothing, to no emails, to no sales, no bookings, nothing, um, it really forced me to figure out first of all, like, who, who am I without this? And second of all, what is the opportunity in this obstacle? Like, there has to be an opportunity here. And there were many, but I did give myself about a week to sulk and be sad and to be upset. And at this point, I was actually living in Hong Kong. So for the previous year or two, I was traveling back from Hong Kong to the United States to work, to do the summits, to do the events and all that. So I was in Hong Kong with my partner and Cosmo. And um, I, I told him, I'm like, I'm going to need a, a week. I need one week to be miserable, to mourn the loss of this before I figure it out. And so anyway, I sulked. I was upset. I was sad. I felt all the feelings. And then it was around this time that I was getting messages from our very first 
who became the very first fearlessly kind facilitator, Rochella, and she was asking me about a certification program. And I was like, prior to that, when things were just so busy and so much on the go and so much travel, I was like, I love the idea. I just don't have time for it. And so when COVID hit, I was like, well, this, this feels like the right next move. Um, kind of taking everything, first of all, taking all the programs and putting them online was I finally had time to do that to like really scale the impact. Because previous, previously, I had to go and show up like boots on the ground in a city in a school to be able to impact the girls to be able to have that kind of reach. And then when I had the time, because you know, that wasn't happening anymore, I was able to put the summit kit online. So it's a full the full summit is now available to schools anywhere with the help of peer leaders. You don't even need a speaker to come in. You can download the whole kit, the scripts, the materials, the videos, like everything, the leader training. It is all there in this beautiful online program. So I was able to do that, do the confidence kit. Like if you go onto fearlesslygirl.com, you see all the different kits that schools can use, individuals can use, and it's been able to really scale our impact. But the thing that has really lit me up and renewed this like passion and drive is the certification program. All thanks to Rochelle. I always give her so much credit and she'll actually be one of our first guests coming up on this podcast um, soon. So keep an eye out for that. But I, I created the certification program because I realized that I can't be everywhere all at once. And I wanted to share the joy and passion and excitement of this work with as many people as possible. And so many people would come up to me or had come up to me over the past decade being like, how do you do what you do? I want to do what you do. And I'd always be like super encouraging because there's more than enough work to go around. And it's so necessary. Like we need so many more people out there doing this work now more than ever, given what girls have gone through the last couple years. And so anyway, I, I would see them come and then I would see them go because it's hard. It's hard to do this without some kind of roadmap and blueprint and guide. And starting from zero is hard. I mean, I was lucky. I was in my early 20s. I didn't really have any overhead whatsoever. I was, it was just me. I was able to travel and go and do this and somehow make ends meet for the first few years. But not everyone has that luxury. And not everyone has a year or two years to really build a brand to get that kind of recognition to pilot and test a brand new program. So what I was able to do was take everything that I'd done over the last decade plus and put it into a program that teaches other people now how to do what I do. So the full training on like all the programs, running all 10 of the workshops, combining the workshops for half day, full day, multi-day events, day camps, um, girls nights in, the summit, the whole nine, like every single bit of programming. Now, our incredible facilitators get to run in their schools and communities and they get training on how to promote it. Like everything I've learned, basically everything I learned about the girls empowerment industry is in this program. And Seeing our facilitators, we have 16 facilitators right now, and just seeing the impact that they're having out in the world doing this work and how it lights them up. Like, I love nothing more in the whole world than when they call me and they're like, I just did my first summit. I just did my first workshop. And I know that feeling. Like, I know how powerful.
powerful and beautiful it is. And the best part is they're making money doing it too. So it's not just out there doing good and volunteering. It's like really building businesses that are impacting them and their families. It just fills my heart with so much joy. And I just love like the full circle moment now of going from starting this and doing this and learning everything and the challenges along the way. Now I can help other passionate women do this work and I lights me up. And that's why I wanted to do this podcast because there's so many tips and tricks and strategies that I want to share with you when it comes to empowering girls, empowering parents, empowering educators in this space all around creating a kinder girl world. But these facilitators are such shining lights that have so much incredible information to share as well. So I don't want this podcast to just be me rambling on and on and on because, you know, here we are at the 28 minute mark. I can do that. I can definitely do that. But I really want to create a community where their voices can be heard as well and you can learn from them and really have us as a community creating a kinder girl world together because that is where so much magic can happen. So that's what you can look forward to every week. I'll be popping in with my own episodes every now and again, but what I really want to do is begin to interview all of our new facilitators that have joined us over the last year or two. And if you want more information on the certification program, you can go to fearlesslykind.com and all the information is there. You can sign up. There's also a Build Your Girls Empowerment Business Bootcamp that I'm also running and going to be like continuing to run to help you just really see if this space is something that you're interested in pursuing. Um, but anyway, the facilitators that we currently have and all the ones that are joining us as, you know, as we go along, I want to feature them and share their stories and share their wisdom here. So you can expect interviews with them every week and then solo episodes with them as well as we really kind of get this going because everyone has a slightly different area of expertise, slightly different experience in this in this world, this girl world. So I want to kind of really hand the mic over to them and have you learn from all of these fantastic, incredible women and, you know, share their stories and all of that. So anyway, I will stop rambling. I did want to just kind of give you an overview of my journey with Fearlessly Girl and Fearlessly Kind, share with you why this podcast exists and let you know what to expect moving forward. But I really, my goal with this, as it is with the facilitators and the certification program, is to build a community, to build a support system because it's not always easy to be out there trying to do good and create change and empower girls and get programs running in our communities. So I want to share like, how do you get funding? How do you get the support of your school, your community? How do you market program? Like all of it. I just really want, I don't want to keep any secrets. I just want to share everything I've learned and do whatever I can to empower you to empower the girls in your life and ultimately create a kinder girl world together. So thank you so much for tuning in to this very first episode. I really would love your support and feedback on what you want to see here. What topics are interesting to you? What struggles are you facing? Uh, what have you done to create a kinder girl world? I think we can all learn so much from each other. So please 
send me an email. Um, I'll have all the contact info in the show notes below. So you can reach out. I would love to connect. And um, if you want to know more about the certification program or our Build Your Girls Empowerment Business Bootcamp, which is such a mouthful, I might have to change the name of that. <laughs> um, again, everything will be in the show notes. So thank you so much. And here's to creating a kinder girl world together. See you next week.